been to like Las Vegas or New York City or one of those places that you just you get there and you have this feeling of maybe maybe like a dirty feeling. I mean, after all, with Las Vegas especially, it is known as Sin City, right? So, have you ever just kind of been there and you felt this this kind of just this this dirtiness, this nastiness come over you? Let me ask you another question. Have you ever had to really consider something that was said in the Bible to, to decipher is it is it something true or is it something that is more of a of a, a parable or a uh, an illustration of sorts? I know in our hermeneutics class back when I was in college there we we kind of dissected some of the things that Jesus said as parables and tried to figure out were they really real or were they parables? Well, today as we jump into the book of Jonah, we're going to be kind of looking at both of those situations there. We're going to kind of start breaking down Jonah, but I think in order for us to really get a grasp on what Jonah is all about, there's a couple questions that we have to ask ourselves. So the first one here is, I want us to think about the book itself. Now, is this story true or not? And the reason I ask is because if you think about it, there are some amazing things that are happening in this book. I mean, the obvious one that everyone knows about is the the, the, the great fish that comes and swallows Jonah, right? And, and I was thinking about this yesterday. In order for Jonah to have actually lived in that fish for three days, I mean, we're talking about some some kind of huge miracle happening here. Just even the fact that he survived and how is he breathing? Right? Is it, was there some kind of an air pocket that was allowing him to, to breathe? And then every time the fish opened its mouth to eat something else, was you know, all that water flooding in? How was he being protected? Almost makes it sound like it's more of a, of a, of a story as opposed to something that really could have happened. But then think about some of the other things that happen in the book of Jonah as well. We have this great storm that comes around. And then as soon as Jonah is thrown overboard, the storm just suddenly stops. And we're talking a, a great storm that even mariners on the boat are like, this is, the, this is the worst thing we've ever seen. And Jonah says, well, th- throw me over and it'll be done. And so sure enough, they throw him over and f- it's done. There are just different things that, that happen. I mean, even just the, the miracle when we get to the end there about this this. This vine that grows overnight. I mean, I know mushrooms can grow overnight, but this we're talking about a whole vine that grows overnight to the point where it's, it's providing some kind of a, a shielding and, and, a, and a, a shade for Jonah. Are these things really true? Or is this one of those stories that Jesus was just telling when he refers to Jonah in Matthew 12? I mean, did, did this really happen? Well, I think that in order for us to consider this happening, we really do have to look at the fact of, was Jesus telling just another parable? Or was Jesus telling the truth? Which one does it take more faith to believe? That Jesus was just telling another parable when he referenced Jonah? Or or was he telling the truth? Now, go with me then to Matthew chapter 12. I know we're talking about Jonah, but go with me to Matthew chapter 12, because I want us to, to figure out before we jump in here, I want us to figure out if, if this is really a truthful story or not. So, I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. And some of the, the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, 
Teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miracle for, for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to, to Solomon's wisdom, and now one greater than Solomon is here. So, a couple things we see here in this passage. And the first one is, literally, Jesus is comparing his about to go into the grave, about to, to die on the cross. As we know, he was put in the grave. He came back to life. I look at that and I think, well, this is this is one point for Jesus here because he does he he actually is doing he's going to be doing exactly what he says here. He's going to go into the belly of the earth. He's going to be there for three days. He's going to rise up. So I think this is one part of where we can say yes, this is actually a true thing. This this really did happen. But then historically, we can also look and we can see that. While we know Jonah to have his own book here, in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25, it specifically mentions the fact of Jonah. It mentions even to the same as his father there. When we read the first book, of, when we read the first chapter of Jonah here, it names for us Jonah, the son of Mati. Uh, he, it brings out the fact of who his father was. So we have to look at that again, and it's another, it's another point there. Yes, Jonah was a real person. He's been referenced by Jesus. He's been referenced in the Old Testament. He lived during the time of Jeroboam the, the second. So, yes, if Jonah is a real person, then, then I tell you, what an amazing story. What an amazing ride this prophet was on kind of changes how you look at it. Now that we know that, yes, it is solidly true, it, it, it really did happen. It wasn't just another story that Jesus was telling. It wasn't just another pro, another parable. Now you think of it in that realms, and you think, oh my gosh. Jonah had an amazing experience. Now, we know the story of Jonah. We know that he, he at first, when he got the call, he ran and then, you know, he did the whole belly of the whale thing there, or at least the big fish. We don't really know if it's a whale or not, but it was a big fish. Some people think that it might even been a, a Leviathan, uh, as referenced in Job there. The Leviathan in the Bible, I believe it's uh, Job 41, talks about a Leviathan there. So I don't know. I don't, we'll, we'll talk about that one a little bit more when we get to that chapter. But just looking at the introduction today. So I think what, one of the other things that we need to look at is Nineveh itself. Let's talk about Nineveh. All right, so Nineveh, deep, deep, deep in sin, very offensive. And that's why I was asking a little bit earlier about places like New York or places like Las Vegas, you know, where, where we kind of 
we, we know there was a lot of stuff going on. There still is a lot of stuff going on, right? I remember my first experience going to Las Vegas. Actually, I think it was my only experience going to Las Vegas now that I think of it, other than the airport. Um, but I remember being a young kid, eight years old, and uh, it was, it was, we were on our way, dad was driving, uh, we were on our way to Colorado from California, I grew up in California. So we're going to go visit our uncle in Colorado, and I remember uh, on our first night, dad's just trying to get past Las Vegas, just right outside of Las Vegas there. And, and I remember, oh man, I have to go to the bathroom really bad, and so we were like, how much longer, dad? And... And so sure enough, we are in the car and dad's like, oh, it's not going to be too much farther, only a couple more miles. And so, you know, we're kind of just waiting, waiting and waiting. We finally, finally get to the bathroom or to the to Las Vegas there. And, and dad pulls over and we are able to use the bathroom. And this is my only, my only memory other than, like I said, other than the airport, this is my only memory of Las Vegas. I remember going into the bathroom and then there's these nudie picks up in the stall. That's all I remember. Well, that right there shows that it was not a great place, right? For an eight-year-old kid, and this is what's plastered as the as the, the bathroom reading material, right? So I can kind of think, I, I, I can relate, I guess, even in that small little bit there, that Las Vegas was really the Sin City. Las Vegas, kind of maybe almost like a a modern day Nineveh, where it has all the junk, it has all the, the sin, it, it has it plastered all around. I mean, they are okay with what they're doing. They're boisterous with what they're doing. Kind of think of it as like a Sodom and Gomorrah as well, maybe. You know, God did take Sodom and Gomorrah out. And so when we find Nineveh, it's the same type of thing. God is very offended with what is going on in this place. And, and maybe he, that's the same way. He's looking at this and saying, I am so frustrated. I'm so upset. I'm so disappointed, too, with the way that these people are living, with the, with the way that this, this city is going. I'm going to destroy it. But God, I love how he gives us the opportunity. If nothing else today, take this away, just from the introduction, take this away. That God, although he is a God of, of order, and, and, and or because he is a God of order, he's going to give us chances to change. And even though he, 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 he told Jonah, when Jonah finally got there, and he's saying, in 40 days, I'm going to knock this place out. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, just take this place out. Again, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, we find that in the end, there is this repentance by the people. And it's that repentance that changes the action that God was going to do. It's also this repentance that frustrates Jonah because he's like, yeah, take him out. Ah! I mean, that's why he didn't want to go to begin with. He says, you know, I, I knew you were going to change your mind. Jonah was wanting this place to be taken out. But God, because God is God and God can do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. That's what makes him sovereign. He has this, this, this heart of compassion for the people of Nineveh. 
He doesn't want them destroyed. He wants them to turn from their sin. Going back to the whole 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them. I will hear their cry and I will heal their land. And this is exactly what we're looking at when it comes to Jonah. And Nineveh, the Ninevites, there are, are they have this chance to turn from their sin. And instead of throwing it away and saying, eh, whatever, <laughs> we're gonna party all night, they turn. They comes to a point where they fast. They even have their animals fast. Because this is serious stuff. Oh God, we have messed up. God, please forgive us. If anything else, take away this. It's not too late for you to repent. It's not too late. Maybe, maybe personally, you are going down the road of Nineveh. It's not too late. Maybe the country that you live in, because I know not all of you live here. Maybe the country that you live in is going downhill. Maybe the city that you live in is going downhill. It's not too late for that repentance for, your, for yourself for your family, for your city, for your for your country. It's not too late. God is a is a sovereign God. But God is a loving God and he wants to bring you in. He wants you to turn from your stuff. This is a great story that uses that word repentance which in the Hebrew is teshuva. It's that turning around. We've talked about this before. It's where you're going down one direction and then you repent, and you make that 180 change, and now you go down the other path. You go back the way you came. You're turning from that thing that is that is calling out to you, so to say. This is one of those stories. In fact, it's even read right around uh, right around the, the Jewish New Year because it is about repentance and starting over new turning away from that thing that was calling out to you that is sin that is the wrong direction and coming back into the right direction back into the right relationship with God all right a couple other notes I got here for us as we open up this book and you're gonna have some homework too you're gonna have to do some reading on this one I want you, so Jonah's only four chapters, right? It should be an easy read, even if you read slow, probably no more than 20 minutes. Take some time over these next couple days as we, as we open up the book of Jonah. Take some time and read the story. You just read it one time. It's, like I said, 20 minutes most, right? Read this, this, this book. And we'll see what God speaks to you just by reading. But know that I'm going to be here. We're going to dissect this thing. We're going to take a look at it. I won't. I, I won't. I will not go exegesis on you. I promise. But I'm going to bring out these things that God is showing me, such as teshuva, such as God's heart for His people. All right. So I wrote down in my notes here that. God intends to send Jonah, but Jonah decides not to go. He goes the other direction. We're going to talk about Jonah as well, because as important as it is for the people to repent, it's also very important that we obey what God is telling us to do. Jonah gets this word from God and says, I'm not going to do it. 
He he knows, he has this inkling, and he says later on, I didn't want to do it because I know this is the kind of person you are. This is the kind of God you are. You forgive. You forgive too easily, maybe, is what he's thinking. So he decides he's not going to do it. But here's the thing. Because he didn't do what God asked him to do, in fact, he went the opposite direction, we find that he is in the belly of the whale. And then we have chapter 2 where he's like, I am so sorry, God. And he himself is teshuvahing. He himself is repenting for not obeying what God was asking him to do. This is a story where we're going to be challenged to do what God is asking us to do. We still have to make that decision to do the right thing as well. Yes, God is going to forgive the, the, the people in the story here, but God is also looking at Jonah, which really he's looking at us. Are we going to do what God is calling us to do? Man, I hope so. But I'm going to tell you, as one who is, has been around the block for a while here, it's not always easy to do what God is asking us to do. Sometimes it is hard. Sometimes he's going to ask us to do things that are really going to challenge us. I want you to go there and talk to those people. Um, maybe that wasn't God. Maybe I just had some bad pizza last night, right? Whatever it might be there, God is looking for us to be obedient when he calls out to us. And from Jonah's experience here, we're going to see, maybe we're going to see ourselves in there saying, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this instead because I just I don't want to. Or in Jonah's case, I, you got you got other people you can send, and and if I do go, it's just you're gonna, you're gonna change your mind anyway. But God is looking for obedience. Let God do what He's gonna do. But between you and God, you've got to be obedient to what He is saying. So we're gonna take a look at that as we go through this 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 book here as well. Obedience. Our, our reaction, our accepting or rejecting the words that God is telling us to do. And I also have here that there is a storm. This storm leads to the great fish. We're going to talk about, again, him being in the belly of this great fish. What all is going on? The repentance that he goes through. But Jonah has issues with God's desire to spare the people. Now, as we look at this, when we get into, I believe it's in chapter 4, as we look at this, I want us to consider, why is it? Why, why, did, why did Jonah have these struggles with God saving the people? Why was he so quick to say, burn them all? What, what, what was that? Sometimes we... we we want judgment to fall on the people, but the truth be told here in this story, we're going to find that the judgment actually fell on Jonah because he was the one who didn't do what God asked him to do to begin with. That's why he landed up in the whale, right? So God is, like I said before, God is a loving God. God is a forgiving God. God wishes that nobody would perish, but that all would come into a relationship with him. And, and we have this happening, but... But sometimes, sometimes we as people might think that God is just a little too gracious with the ones that we think he should be taking out, right? Our enemies there, the ones like, ah, oh, take, you know, give, give them, give them Hades, Lord, give them Hades. But what? Why are we so quick to, to wish ill will on our enemy? 
I tell people all the time, you know, I've been through a divorce and all, I tell them, I say, you know, divorce is terrible. And, and I wouldn't even wish it on my enemy. And I mean that. I don't care if I know you or not. Divorce is not a good thing. It, it hurts. Now, I understand there's situations and circumstances that your situation might be different than mine was. But I tell you what, it's something that I don't wish on even my enemy. I hated it. I, I'm, I still just... I mean, not... Being being away from the situation for a while now, I can just remember it was not fun for me. It was not fun for the kids. It, it seemed like there was always more drama happening. So again, I would not wish this on my enemy. And and this is like the worst thing I can think of. There are things that I would not wish on my enemy. I'm not going to sit there and say, yeah, take them out. Why? That's not God's will. But then I think about, well, sometimes though I do wish that God would kind of just, if not take them out, at least at least give them some trouble. You know, their life's going too perfect. Give them some trouble. God, you're a little bit too forgiving. Why don't you just not forgive them this time? So we're going to see ourselves in this story. I know you're thinking, oh, maybe, maybe Jonah's more about me than I thought I was. Man, that's what I said when I was reading it. <laughs> Maybe it is more about me than, than what I thought it was. I see the characteristics of God in this story. And I see where I fall short in this story. That I, like Jonah, I run the opposite direction away from what he's calling me to do sometimes. And then other times like this, I'm like, God, why why are you so merciful? I'm okay with him being merciful to me, but why are you so merciful with that person? Dude, don't you know what they did? Don't you know what kind of life they live? And you're going to sit there and say, I forgive you? What? We want God to be nice to us, but we don't always want God to be nice to our enemies. And lastly here, while Jonah's message was overturned by God's grace, Jonah was upset, like we talked about. We're going to talk about our reactions to what God does. How do we handle the way that God disciplines us? But how do we also handle how God disciplines others? Or the flip side, like we said, how God forgives others. So again, again I challenge you to read this book. Read this four chapters here in the book of Jonah. And as we begin to discuss, maybe even come to these meetings and, and, and have a pen and paper ready. Take a few notes there. And notes for yourself. Almost treat it like a journal entry. What is God speaking to you as you read the book? And then what else is he speaking as we kind of have these little conversations together? What is the depth of what God wants to say in his word through the book of Jonah? It's going to challenge us. I guarantee you, it is going to challenge us as it was challenging me yesterday. Real quick, couple other little notes there. So Nineveh is modern-day Mosul, Iraq. Um, so it is, it is still around. It's still a, a booming place. And it was on the trade routes, both of the north and south and the east and west trade routes there. So there were a lot of people in the city. It was a, a pretty good-sized city there. So think about that as we get into the story as well. It wasn't God forgiving just a couple people. This was God forgiving a massive amount of people who were doing a massive amount of sin. And yet, this whole city, Teshuvah, 
this whole city, even down to the animals and the kings and everybody from the, from the lowest of the lowest to the top of the top there, they all came into an agreement of repentance and God relented. God did not throw the judgment because he saw the heart of these people. He saw them turning around. Ah, oh, there is hope for us. No matter what sin we've done, God will forgive us. He forgave an entire nation for the, 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 the extreme sin and offense that was going on. And he wants to forgive us. But just like the people of Nineveh, we're going to have to say, God, I am sorry. So we're going to be talking about repentance. We're going to be talking about us. We're going to be talking about others. We're going to be talking about a whale. This is a good book. I guarantee you, you're going to want to be here. And as we've already proved, it is a true story. This is not a parable. Jonah was not some made-up guy. We're going to see how God preserves, if nothing else, preserve Jonah, but also preserve the people. Watch. Come with me over the next couple days. Let's deep dive into Jonah and see exactly what we can glean as those who want to follow hard after God. Are you willing to be an obedient sheep? Well, then follow me as we take this journey into the book of Jonah. Hey, this is Pastor Daniel. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Obedient Sheep podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this ministry or even get in contact with me, please go to obedientsheep.net. There you'll be able to leave your information, drop a line, send a prayer request, or even check out the other resources that are available. Thank you again for checking out this ministry, and we hope you have a blessed day.